Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, my friends, and welcome. I am your host, Coach Rhea. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you are listening to the show live archived or if you have downloaded the show from iTunes or from the Stitcher app. Thank you so much. Much love to you. Just a quick reminder, I am the founder and the CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional coaching and training company. On this show, we try to cover a lot of different topics related to our everyday life on a personal as well as a professional level. On this show, we have experts that come on the show and share a lot of great information and tips with you. So just wanted to let you know this show is intended to be for information purpose and thought-provoking. All the guests that come on the show are experts in their field, and you are welcome to contact them directly from the information I provide on the show page, or you can contact me by visiting my website at www.yourlifenow.info. Again, that's www dot your life now dot info. But before we bring on our guest for today, I just like to set my intention as always. My intention of hosting this show is to inspire you. I like to inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you desire. It's really all up to you. So all I ask of you on this show is to have an open mind and open heart. Take what is useful for you and question everything. It's your life, so why don't you live it your way? We're going to take a short break, and we will bring on our guest for today. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thanks again for joining us. Whether you are listening to the show live or archive, I do appreciate each one of you. So just a quick reminder, the show will be archived the minute we go off the air. So it's available for you to download, to listen to it again right here on this link. Or you can also go to iTunes in the podcast section and also listen there or download it as well as the Stitcher app. So if you have the Stitcher app for your smartphone, you can listen to the show, all the episodes available right there on the Stitcher app. My guest today is Erica Vatrosky, and she's going to talk about some of the health issues that that she had uh, been experiencing due to the standard American diet and um, 
and she had conquered all her illnesses and now she's at a healthy weight um, drug free from for all her illnesses and uh, she's here to share her experience with you I just wanted to remind you again the show is really intended to be for information purpose only um, I am a professional life coach I am not a health um, expert um, the information I'm sharing here is based on a true um, experience from uh, a true or real experience by a real person um, so please if you need um, professional help seek professional help and uh, this, the information here is just really basically for information. But if you'd like to know how I can help you as a life coach with other areas or trying to even um, address some issues for you, uh, please contact me directly. You can contact me by visiting my website at www.coachingbyria.com. You can also send me an email at info at coachingbyria.com. So I'd like to introduce you to my guest today, Erica Batrisky. Erica has followed the standard American diet that got her up to 206 pounds. And that's, uh, I mean, obviously very unhealthy. She was diagnosed with thyroid disease and high cholesterol at age 24. At age 31, and after losing over 50 pounds, she was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Erica refused to be a victim of her health issues and went on to research the true causes of her illnesses. And what she found out would really shock you. And it really shocked me when I had the conversation with her. I had the pleasure of meeting um, Erica when I was on vacation in Maryland. And the information that she shared with me, I, I told her, you must be on my show because I love other people to hear what you had said. So, um so here she is. I'm so glad to have you on the show, Erica. Welcome, my friend. Hi, Maria. Nice to speak with you. Oh, my God. This is like, you know, it's, it's almost like I told you I would be calling you, and here you are. So I'm glad you're here, and thanks for sharing um, yourself and your experience with our listeners. <laughs> well, it's nice, to, really nice for you to have me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, as I said, and I want to emphasize this along the way on this show, that really this, this, this show is really intended to be for information purpose. So please, whatever Erica is going to share with us, you know, take it as an information. Do your own research. Follow up with, you know, what makes sense for you because, you know, we're all different and our genes are different. And, and uh, you know, so it, we, I'm not a health professional, so I can't, you know, um, say it, I'm speaking from uh, um, from expert, being an expert, but this is an information that based on real life, real experience. So Erica, let's start with what happened. Age 24, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty young for such a big diagnosis. Um, but uh, after I graduated from college, I went on to you know live my life as I had been living it. And um, just on kind of a general practitioner appointment, I was diagnosed with uh, high thyroid, I'm sorry, Hashimoto's disease, which is low thyroid, and high cholesterol, um, which was shocking to me because as a 24-year-old, as a I wasn't really expecting that at all. Right. <laughs> Right. I mean, nobody would expect that. I mean, that's really shocking when I heard, you know. But tell us a little bit more about Erica. I mean, this is your chance, you know, to, to tell, you know, our listeners, who's Erica? 
you know, it, it's uh, and then we'll we'll discuss a little bit more of all the uh, the um, the journey that you have been taking to a healthy Erica now. So, who is Erica? Who is Erica? Well, I was um, born and raised in the Pittsburgh area, um, and I grew up being a really active kid, played lots of sports, um, most notably ice hockey, which I've done for a very large portion of my life. Um, I went to uh, college at Penn State University where I majored in psychology, um, and I played hockey for Penn State as well while I was there. Um, And after that, I graduated, you know, did a couple jobs, and then uh, went back to Penn State to uh, pursue my master's degree, which I got about halfway through. (laughs) And then, you know, the economy kind of slid, and, you know, I wasn't able to finance the rest of it. Um, Right. And that's kind of you know, where I'm coming from in general. So you are you are someone that any of us can relate to, you know, that can be you, you know, and that's what oh, yeah. I want the, our listeners to know, you know, you are not a made-up person, you are a real person who had gone through an experience. Now, let me ask you this. At age 24, were you always had a weight problem? Because when you said that you, you know, you weighted at 206 at age 24, was that something that was built up to that? You know, I mean, obviously that's what you said, your diet and everything, but have you ever struggled, like, for a long time with weight or? No, I think it kind of um, got worse at that point because, as I said, I was a collegiate athlete, so um, most of my life, I had been eating like an athlete, eating the standard American diet like an athlete. So I was doing what I thought I was supposed to do. Like eating, pasta and um, all the stuff. Pastas and, and things, yeah, right, basically right. carb loading before right. sporting events. And right. after I graduated, I was no longer a collegiate-level athlete, and but I was still eating like a collegiate-level athlete, and that's where the 206 pounds came from. That's so crazy. I mean, you know, when I think about that, I mean, of course, when I met you, I was like, oh, my God, look at you now. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I have to post your picture, you know, with, all, with your consent um, so people can see oh, you yes. before and after. Um, now, when you, when you said, you know, and that's what I loved about you because you said, you know what, I, I refuse to be the victim for, you know, for, for my diagnosis and, and, and my illnesses, and I, you went on to do some research, and I actually went to research the same doctor that you had mentioned um, in, in um, the intro to me, Dr. Mm-hmm. Lauren Cordain. Is that so? Yeah, yeah okay. Dr. Cordain from Colorado yeah. State. And what did you find out? Let, let's let our listener hear what did you find out when you did start doing the research. Well, my main point, the main focus of my research was because um, I started researching because I knew my thyroid ailment was autoimmune. Uh, doctors told me that it was an autoimmune disease, meaning it's your your immune system attacking some part of your body for some reason that the doctor couldn't explain to me the reason. Um, and then um, you mentioned that I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. I was actually diagnosed um, months later, I was re-diagnosed by an endocrinologist as having type 1 diabetes. I saw I that, also, right. right. Yeah, which I was also told was autoimmune. Usually adults don't get type 1 diabetes unless it's autoimmune diabetes. Um, so I started my search looking for the cause um, behind the autoimmune. To me, um, it, it makes sense from what I've learned in the past, what I learned in elementary school, that um, it's the point of living things to survive to reproduce. And living things will do anything that they can to survive and reproduce. 
Right. So to me, it made zero sense that a body would try to kill itself. Right. So my my first point of research was what what's causing autoimmune? Why is my body trying to kill parts of itself? This made no sense. And that's where I stumbled across the Lauren Cordain paper um, entitled Serial Grain Sword. Um, you can find it online easily. Um, and in that paper, um, Dr. Cordain draws a line between autoimmune disorders and grain consumption. Right. Um, he's kind of like the he's kind of a guy behind the Paleolithic diet. Right. Um, so he was. Can you able to can you tell our line. listener? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but can you you know tell our listener a little bit about the um, the Paleolithic diet a little bit so people you know understand what it is. Oh yeah. Um, to, to be as simple as possible, I would say that a Paleolithic diet is um, a pre-agrarian diet. Mm-hmm. Um, it exists in the absence of grains, and mm-hmm. um, it's a high-protein diet. It includes meats and veggies as the main proponent of the diet. Lean, lean, obviously, lean meat and veggies. Yeah, lean meat is that's uh, right. that's also the key, right. Okay, so go on with the with the with the research that you have found out right about the cereal. Right. So um, Dr. Cordain's research was able to connect autoimmune disorders with grain consumption um, because of naturally occurring low-level toxins within grains, um, and he posits that these naturally occurring toxins in grains, uh, which I believe he refers to them as lectins, um, these things could be the cause of many chronic diseases, including autoimmune diseases. So that was really my jumping off point for my research. And from there, um, I started Google searching grains and inflammation, and I just ran into a whole host of information um, that has got me much more healthy and to the point where I am right now. (laughs) Wow. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, mean, you know, here we, most of us think like when we're eating, you know, uh, cereal and whole grain and multigrain and all that stuff, that we are actually eating something healthy. But there is a myth, um, the information is really kind of not really, uh, um, you know, put out in 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 the right way. And, and, you know, I mean, I know people now are more aware of the gluten, gluten-free, you know, because gluten been associated with a lot of issues, you know, health issues mm-hmm. for many people, which we know that. So people realize that most people are allergic to gluten and stuff like that. But not many people understand and know what you know as far as, like, you know, the grains and, and the problem with multigrains and some of the grains and, and the health issues associated with with eating um, diets that are high in um and grain. I mean, like I remember asking you because you know I met you at a um, organic uh, um, supermarket in in Maryland, and I was saying I was like, well, you know, I I have this. What I have for my for my breakfast is the oatmeal, <laughs> and I feel like I'm doing really good because we had cholesterol issues in the family, and I'm still at young age, and I don't have you know. Uh, um, I'm not as young as you are, but not you know. Uh, um, what I wanted to say. Is you know like and thinking like oh it's gonna lower my cholesterol it's gonna help me being healthy and fit and stuff like that but you said no I don't think this is, you should be doing that and I was like <laughs> so now I was like so self conscious about it of course I did the research like you know to just uh, um, uh, validate what you had mentioned and I'm like oh my god that's crazy you know <laughs> Isn't it that crazy? we don't know right. <laughs> It seems very counterintuitive, but once you delve into the research, it starts getting and it makes sense. Right. Um, 
you were mentioning, mentioning, you know, processed grains versus whole grains. The best thing I've read about that um, was a quote, and I, I apologize because the person who, who belongs to the quote, I can't remember, but they likened the difference um, between processed grains and whole grains, much like the difference between uh, unfiltered cigarettes versus cigarettes. So you know, bad. Filtered <laughs> cigarettes, yeah. It's, it, do you want to pick the baddest or the Worst. not baddest but still bad, you know? Right, right, <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, that's, that's a well put together. And I love what you said. You said uh, um, in, in, in the um, letter that you sent me, it says, grains contain toxin. Our air, soil, and water contain toxin. I have little control over my air soil, and water while I have complete control over grains. I can choose to not to consume them. Choosing to not to remove grain would be negligence on my part. Mm -hmm. So go ahead. That's true. I mean, really, our, our air, water, and soil quality are inescapable. And they're not what they were, you know, years ago, centuries ago, what have you, the, the quality just isn't what it was. You know, we have cars driving around causing air pollution, and we have, you know, more chemicals that have gone into the soil, kind of polluting the soil. Um, so if I'm, if I'm having to experience those toxins and I have no control over them, why would I choose to put toxins in my body if I can choose not to, you know? And, right. you know, going on the, the premise that grains contain toxins, I'm going to take grains out of my diet if I want to be well. Right. I mean, well, and that's what makes sense. But I think this is where I come in as a life coach. I mean, I always try to bring the awareness to the surface. I mean, I think the more we know, the better we are. Right. So when we understand what's going on around us and we understand what we do into our body, because, I mean, obviously we know this is the only place we have to live and how we take care of it. And our body actually has what it takes to heal itself if we allow it to. We, do, we keep Absolutely. messing up with it. I mean, that's one of the key things that, you know, most of us forget. Like, you know, it's like we keep doing things to this body and then expect it to operate. It's like a, it's, it's like a, if you take a, a, a car if you don't maintain your vehicle that well, you know, it's not going to give you the best operating, you know, uh, or the best drive, right? Because it's constantly breaking not. down on you. It's constantly doing things because you feed it in the wrong gas, the wrong oil. The, you're giving it to, you know, um, you're not doing a high maintenance on it or you're not taking care of it. It's not going to perform well. Diesel fuel and an unleaded engine. <laughs> exactly, right? So, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I know, like, I try to be cheap on my car, right? So, like, you know, I'm, like, it, it performs better when I put, like, <laughs> a, you know, super uh, gasoline, whatever, versus, like, just regular. And I can hear the engine go, you know, and this is a brand new car. So, I mean, I know I can feel that difference. I mean, and I think, you know, if we just simplify it to the fact that our body is no different, it's like a machine, sure. right? We, our body lives in us. We don't live in our body. And I think Deepak Chopra, one time I heard him saying that. And it's so true. You know, Absolutely. and this is our vehicle in this lifetime. That's true. And it's the only one we get. Exactly. You know, at least in this lifetime, maybe in the next lifetime. But, I mean, right now, we let's stay in this one and try to, figure, you know, <laughs> be in control of this one first, right? I, I think that will be uh, um, the wise thing. You also went on and did a lot more research on grains. I did. And, of course, on chronic inflammation, and that took you to a, a few other places. 
Um, and one of your favorite was by um, a, a gentleman named Mark Sison. Is that how you say his name? Mark Sison, yeah. Sison, okay. And <laughs> and and Mark DailyApple.com, I think, is that what's uh, um, his website? But I found something about him, and I want to hear more about why you're favoring this guy. But he actually talks about like you know, is is organic a myth, and is it really you know, what's the difference between organic and 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 conventional? Um, when it comes to produce and stuff like that. And I, I mean, I know, like, I mean, I struggle with that a lot, and I always buy organic, but then, you know, you really have to know, is it really, you know, um, are you getting really what you buying, right? You know, I mean, is the stuff really, I mean, the only way you can control that if you have your own farm, which we don't, if we, especially when we live in a city, right, okay. to control the produce. <laughs> so what, why, why do you like Mark? Why, why do you like his work? Well, I like Mark because he he has the the scientific aspect of it going on because as you probably saw on his website, he was able to cite lots of research which I prefer as a as a research centered person. However, I enjoy his wit too. He has a an interesting wry sense of humor. Um, right. That really kind of kept made me come back a second time to check it out, made me go back a third time, you know, I started using his to search bar up in the right upper right hand corner to uh, find recipes and it's just a a really versatile website. So what? So I mean, okay. Um, now you, I mean, obviously you are a great, you know, weight, healthy weight. You are very healthy and pretty much off all medication for your. Uh... I am. I'm off all medication for all my diagnoses. So, you know, whenever I was when I was younger and overweight, I was put on medications for thyroid disease and high cholesterol. And about a year ago, I went off of those. And also, whenever my um, my diagnosis for uh, type two diabetes came along, I was put on metformin. I'm off of that. Um, also, two years ago. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I was re-diagnosed as autoimmune type 1. Um, the doctor who uh, diagnosed me that way uh, told me that I would be insulin-dependent within six months. And I'll reiterate uh-huh. again that that was two years ago. And I, I'm happy to say I'm not anywhere near insulin-dependent. And I, I, I really feel as though I owe it all to the clean organic foods that I started eating um, and taking the the processed foods out and then taking the grains out. It was baby steps, but I got there, and I really feel as though I'm reaping benefits. I mean, that's that's the key, baby steps. I mean, taking one step at a time. And and please, you know, I wanted to emphasize what I mentioned in the beginning of the show. This show is really intended for to be for um, information purpose and not intended to treat anything, and we're not advising you to do anything that, you know, seek your professional help. Make you know, use what is com- what what's what's good for you. I mean, you know, uh, Erica is sharing her personal experience, and it's obviously it's a successful experience. And the, her story is it's worth sharing, and that's why she's here on the air to share her story and her um her um success. But you know, again, you know, um, make sure that you don't go off any medication without you know um following some steps and doing whatever it takes, you know, to to uh, to do that. So don't just think like because you heard it on uh, Cotria Radio, um, now it's okay for you to go off the air, I mean, off the medication. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to point that out because, you know, we don't want to, you know, um, people to, um, to start saying, oh, you know, I can just stop doing this right now. It takes 
steps like anything else in life. I mean, I, I, I am a professional life coach, and I can tell you, you cannot jump steps. You've got to take them one thing at a time. And, and, and you heard it from Erica. Erica said, I took baby steps, but I'm here. And that's the key. So, um, Erica, so what does your average day look like? I mean, what do you do? How do you, you know, like how do you start your morning, what you eat, what, you know, what are some of the things that you can share with us? Oh, my. Um, my average day. Um, I tend to try to get up with the sun coming up. Um, uh, you know, as I said earlier, I do kind of a, a paleolithic diet, mm-hmm. and I also try to live kind of like our paleolithic ancestors, too, as much as I can. Obviously, I'm not going out and, you know, killing, clubbing animals or anything like that, but I get up with the sun, and um, I might take a walk or I might do some body weight exercises. Um, Again, uh, I told you in my email that I don't exercise hard. I, you know, mostly walk, Um, so I'll do that. And uh, later on, I don't really get hungry at all until around 11 or noon. Um, That's amazing. That is really amazing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, kind of going off on a tangent, that's kind of a side effect of of the diet, the diet that I eat. I eat a really high fat diet, um, so that provides me high satiety. So I don't get hungry very quickly. So you have the yeah. food, you have the energy that you need. But you know, when you say high high um, fat diet, you're also talking about good fat. I mean, one of the things that I remember, and I love what I I, I found like a treasure, right? The coconut <laughs> butter, not the coconut oil. We all oh, know coconut did I get oil. You the coconut on that? butter. You know what oh. I found out when I take a tablespoon in the morning, I can go oh. on for a long time not being hungry. Oh yeah. And it satisfied me, and I was like, it has a sweet taste, and you know. So obviously, what we're talking about here also healthy, healthy fat. We're not talking about just eating like you know uh, things that are saturated fat in a sense of like you know, um, especially when it's processed as well. I mean, that's that's right. Not, no process. Yeah, no process at all. So you talk about you know anything that doesn't come out of the box, you know. So everything that is. Uh, um, Nothing from the box. You say you eat uh, um, organic meat and veggie, a little mm-hmm. fruit too. What's with the fruit? I had actually a, a, a medical doctor who has a wellness center here in the state of New Jersey on my show as a guest, and he was opposed to fruit. Like, you know, we went back and forth on that, and I was just like, I, I cannot just, like, give up my fruit. I mean, there's things that I really like, and then he brought down a, a, a great point that he said, most fruits like blueberries, you know, the things that when it has the skin in it, what makes it, you know, it has the antioxidant is really the skin. That's so he right. said, like, for instance, apples, you know, the apple situation things. Like, you know, he even, like, you know, apples, like, oh, sugar, carb, you know, stuff. And I'm like, but apple is supposed to be good for you. It has fiber. It has, you know, he's like, well, then eat the skin, you know. Because so, <laughs> he said, like, when you peel the apple, what happens? It goes brown. Yeah, that's true. Um, one really good um, memorable quote, and, again, I, I have no idea who to, who to attribute this to, um, but um, I read somewhere that Mother Nature often packages the poison with the antidote, so it's best to eat the whole food. As it grows, as right. Mother Nature grew it, I should say. Right, right. So when you first, you know, 11 o'clock, you say you don't get hungry till 11 o'clock. So what do you eat at 11 o'clock? Oh, um, <laughs> it depends. Uh, oftentimes, if uh, if I'm at home still, if I'm, you know, not working at that point in time, if I'm at home, I will have um, some 
some eggs from pastured chickens, you know, farm pastured poultry eggs, um, and maybe some pastured sausage or um, some pastured bacon when it's available. Um, it's kind of like the things that everyone's grand and grandpa used to eat, you know, eggs and bacon, eggs and sausage, you know. And you think high stuff. cholesterol. You think cholesterol is like the flashes that, you know, most of us like, you know, we stay away from eggs, um, mm. especially the the egg, which is the, the best part of the egg, is the egg, uh, the yellow part of the egg, right. the yolk. And because we think of cholesterol, you know, mm -hmm. but, yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of different research that shows, you know, the, the, the saying like, you know, eggs is good for you. And then they say, no, you should not eat eggs because that contributes a lot of heart disease and all this stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And again, I wanted to tell our listeners, Erica is a living proof <laughs> of, of, of the things that she has done in her life to get her to be healthy. Actually, you shared with me when I saw you in Maryland the fact that when you went up, you went and got your cholesterol checked, your mm -hmm. doctor was really shocked to see how your good cholesterol was so high and really good. And then your um, LDL, is it the bad cholesterol? Yeah, that's the that's the low density. I had my, my numbers had totally switched around, and my ratio was correct. There's 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 a ratio between the HDL and the LDL. Your HDL is supposed to be higher, LDL is supposed to be lower, and your triglycerides. Right. If you're doing just, it right, it should that, be very right. low. And um, my triglycerides, uh, the first time I kind of went back to get blood work done after changing my diet, my triglycerides were 46, which to me was astounding, because before that they had been hanging out around 200. Oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and that's really a function of, of no sugars, no carbohydrates, you know, nothing nothing processed. And, you know, I, I tell people I care about, too, that if, they're, if their numbers are looking a little off and their, their triglycerides are high, it's probably best to, to cut out some carbs and see what happens to that number and give it a shot. Right, right. Well, you and, know, I mean, uh, it's also, like... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I was going to say that... Um, I'm not an expert here at all, obviously, but um, a lot of other research I've been doing lately says that cholesterol isn't the foe that we've been brought to believe it is. Absolutely. Cholesterol totally is a number, and it's um, it's my understanding that cholesterol's big one of the big functions in our body is to act like a band-aid for internal inflammation. Right. So, like, if you got a, if you got a cut on the outside of your body you would get like a scab and, and maybe you cover it with a Band-Aid until it heals and then you take the Band-Aid off. Well, it's my understanding that uh, cholesterol is the Band-Aid for the inside of our body. Whenever we have um, that inflammation, the chronic inflammation, cholesterol covers it until it heals and then right. it peels away and recirculates into our into our bloodstream. That's amazing. I mean, it's just, you know, this information, I mean, like I said, I couldn't stop talking with Erica when I uh, first met her, and I was like, oh, my God, really? I didn't know that. I was like, you know, and of course, I mean, you know, if I have done, you know, obviously the research that you have done, I will find out a lot of the information that you have found out as well, but most of us, we don't take the time to really invest in ourselves, in our yeah. life, to, 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 to find out this information, and I really appreciate you sharing this information. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to continue with Erica 
and uh, and more on a healthy diet, healthy living, and being happy uh, overall. Just want to give out the number again if you'd like to call and chat with me and my guests, and we'd love to hear from you, 626-213-5773. And the chat room is open, so go ahead and put your comment or question there as well, and you're welcome to use the Skype from the show page. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Are you ready to put an end to thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to coachingbyria.com and you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea. Welcome back, my friends. This is Coach Rhea. You are listening to Your Life Now Radio Show. Um, today we have a, a special show. It's, you know, today we're discussing something about health and, and, and um, the issues of weight and overweight and, and some of the uh, health issues that caused by the standard American diet. And my guest today, Erica, um, is in in the studio. We just sharing her life experience with us. She had struggled as a young um, a young lady at age 24 with um, thyroid disease, high cholesterol. She was diagnosed um, later on at age 31, I believe, with type two, di- two type two diabetes. And then it was uh, um, later on she was also diagnosed with type one diabetes. And and Erica tell us like you know the the, the whole standard American diet might not be the best way to live our life because if she's with her own experience. And as I mentioned before on the show, really the show um, is always intended to be thought-provoking for information purpose. Please seek a professional advice before you take on, you know, and, 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 and implement something in, in, in your life. And, of course, if you want to know a little bit more about, you know, my, my coaching practice, visit my website and contact me directly, and I'll be more than happy to um, to work with you directly um, you can send me an email at info at coachingbyria.com and um, uh, connect with me on Skype, Coach Ria. All right, my friends. Erica, thank you again, my friends, for being here. I mean, the, the information that you're sharing with us today, obviously, it's, it's very shocking um, to most of us. Um, it's, it's common sense, actually, if you think about it, right? But yet we, we, we just don't know why we don't know. Um, we don't implement these things in our life to prevent diseases overall. I always think prevention is the first thing, the first step. And second is to really allow our body to heal itself by doing what it's naturally supposed to do. You know what I mean? I mean, I think we, we keep messing up with, with, with our bodies. And, and obviously, we, we live in a different time than what our ancestors lived in. I mean, the, the air is toxic, like you mentioned, which is true. The soil is toxic. A lot of things are, you know, the, the, the food that we're eating, that we, we serve in our families and our kids and our cell, our body, are, are full of toxin. And how do we become more conscious and aware of it? And uh, you shared a few things with us, and I would like to continue with you with that, um, Erica. How do we become more aware? What are, how do we be choosy of what is it that we put in our body, and wh- where where do we draw the line? Well, I think just from my experience, um, the things that have made the biggest change for me are um, just going away from the packaged processed things. At first, first step, and, right? Um, 
Yeah, yeah. First step, leave the, the things that come in boxes. Our, our bodies our bodies speak the language of food. The things in boxes aren't really food. They, they were food maybe at some point, <laughs> but there have been so many, you know, multi-syllabic um, chemicals added to those things that were food that they're not really food anymore. They, they have chemical parts that, you know, we can digest because our bodies are amazing and can digest a lot of things. But just because we can doesn't mean that's what we should be putting in our bodies. So I would say go away from the, the boxed, processed, packaged stuff and move to real food. Um, meats and veggies is a good place to start. And I always tell people that if you're going to go for meats, go for pastured meats from um, happy animals who also ate what they were supposed to eat. Um, I don't feel that cows were meant to stand in stalls and be forced to I know. Drink. Right. If you see it, if you see a cow hanging out, he's usually in a pasture eating some grass, you know. Right. Or so right. I would say go for pasture raised happy meats first if you're going to do that. Yeah, I mean that's that's so true, and and uh, and I have to tell you, I mean one of the things that I I'm like so opposed to, like when I when I see, you know, I mean like if I go to a farm and stuff like that, and I see animal being confined and stuff like that, I'm like. I, I don't want to eat that. I mean, I'm like, yeah. you know, it's like when I, when I think about, you know. And then I found out something that was really kind of interesting, and I don't know if we had discussed it before, um, that the fact there is a difference between grass-fed or, um, or um, was it grass-ending? Like there is like, you know, where in the end of the, before they they uh, um, they kill the animal, you know, they that's when they do the grass feeding or something like that. It's like, you know, they they were fed grain along their, you Oh, know, you're so, talking, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. What you're do they call it? I can't even think of the word. Grass fed now. and grain finished? Oh, grain finished or something grain like finished, that. I can't remember yeah. which one was the opposite. I'm like, what? I'm like, so, <laughs> it's, so that's what I'm saying, mislabel, misinformation all mm-hmm. over the place. So how yeah, do we they, they'll food? sometimes feed them grains for the last, however many months of their lives to fatten them up before they um, kill them for our consumption. And if you think about it, put this in the context of human beings now too, if cows are being fed grains to fatten them up, what are we doing to our bodies by feeding our bodies grains, you know? Right. Right. (laughs) Are we fattening ourselves up? Well, that's true to that, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, a lot of it is just really common sense, but we don't really take the time to think about it because we we are a consumer society. We just intended to just consume, consume without thinking about what we're consuming and why we're consuming it. You know, we never that's ask right. the we question. We never stop to ask those questions, and, and that's something that, you know, it's just because we uh, we were programmed to be, you know, this is the way it is. That's what everybody that's right. does. Right. Yeah, and a lot of people just look at the front of a label, and on the front it'll say, oh, this is a great source of fiber, but we don't flip the label over, flip the package over, and read the back to see, well, yeah, maybe it has five grams of fiber, but it also has 50 carbohydrates, so that's really not enough uh, antidote to, uh, to, to work with the poison, like kind of going off of what I said earlier about Mother Nature packaging um, the poison with the antidote. So, well, let's uh, let's talk about nuts. I know you have a little different different philosophy about nuts, and and you're not a big fan of nuts, if I remember right. I think that that nuts are a gray area, <laughs> um, and uh, this is kind of uh, 
dependent on, on what, what your process is for if you choose to eat nuts and if you choose not to. Um, but again, the newer research out there says that if you are going to consume nuts, um, maybe it's great to soak them in water for a while ahead of time because uh, the, the same toxins or a similar toxin to what is in a grain might also be found in the skin of a nut. <laughs> wow, so, okay, okay. Um, so I I try to soak mine anytime that I that I can. I soak um, my nuts in water, maybe overnight, and then um, dry them. I happen to have a dehydrator because I like dehydrating foods that are were um, that were fresh, you know, in in the summer, so that I can you know have them later, maybe throughout in the, the winter. winter. So are you yeah. opposed to like a freezing as a process also? Like so, like if you get fresh fruit and vegetable that you can't find. I mean, obviously, we all aim to have fresh, like, seasonal fruit and vegetables. But, you know, what about, like, you know, the, the freezing process? I'm not sure because I try not to I try not to freeze too much. I would rather dehydrate than freeze. Um, and, you know, going off of saying that, I would rather dehydrate below at 115 degrees or, degrees or below because it keeps the enzymes in the food alive. Um, and freezing, I'm not too sure about. I'll eat frozen berries if I have to, um, because I'd rather eat the frozen fruit um, from time to time than no fruit at all because of the, the nutrient content, basically. But for me personally, I would rather have a dried, um, you know, strawberry than a frozen strawberry. But you know, I mean, again, unless you do the process yourself, you know, the one that you will find in. Um the stores or your even a health food store, you'll find out that they there's other things added to it to keep them from, you know, um, going bad. <laughs> yeah. A lot of fruits um, will be covered with um, citric acid. And if it's yeah. lemon juice, it's one thing. But if it's, you know, some kind of powdered chemical citric acid that's meant to preserve it, your body sees that differently. Again, it's not speaking the, the food language in that case. It's, it's speaking more of the chemical language, you know. Um, so, yeah, I really believe uh, in the, the do-it-yourself way because then you know exactly what goes into it. Um, and it's the same advice that I'll give other people uh, who, who ask me is uh, it's probably best to... Uh, eat food made by only people who love you because <laughs> they're the only right. ones who benefit from from right. you being well. So I always suggest right. eating food made by people who love you. <laughs> and also food that, that was kissed by the sun, you know. <laughs> That's right. That's so, right. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, when we, we get these package, package, package stuff, and, I mean, I'm I'm guilty of it sometimes, you know, like I said, like, oh, it's easy, just buy, a, you know, a package of uh, um a frozen whatever, and then just like add some fresh stuff to it, and then now you get a meal, you know, because we just like the convenient. I think the convenient living becomes the way of of uh, a part of our standard diet. Most of us that we just like really because it's convenient. You know, I I I refuse to use microwave. I really do not use microwave, and Good. I still have one, and I I like I struggle with my husband with it because ah oh, you know it's like no big deal, right? So like if you want to warm up something. And I'm like, he wants to warm it up in the microwave, and I just like, it kills me. I'm like, don't use the microwave. <laughs> but it's convenient, you know, and most of us, again, we tend to go the easy route versus the, I mean, I would say if you spend time in the front taking care of things in the end, 
the thing's going to take care of you, you know, and, okay. and that's what we miss. We miss that part because, you know, we, we keep doing abusing our body and doing things, and then we expect our body to be there for us. You know, mm-hmm. when you know, I'm like, oh, I don't know how that happened. Well, <laughs> we have something to do with it, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, and regarding convenience foods, uh, I had counted on them for a large majority of my life, but um, now because I'm so devoted to eating fresh foods and foods that only I've touched. You know, I'll take my one day off of work or two days off of work a week and make things ahead. I love a slow cooker for that um, because I can make a large quantity of things that will last um, my household the rest of the week. Um, And so I'll slow cook something and then, you know, have some of it, put the rest of it in the fridge, and maybe we'll have it for lunches for the rest of the week. Or I I even uh, package my dog's food like that. I get him um, chicken fresh from a local organic farm. And I will, um, on my day off, I'll portion that chicken into, you know, maybe three or four ounces. He's a little guy. Um, And then put them in the freezer throughout the rest of the week. I have little packets to use and, you know, steam for a couple minutes and put in this bowl. And really it makes it easier if you can devote one day a week to it or maybe not even a whole day. But if you can devote one day to doing activities like that, you can have fresh local even, um, organic, wholesome foods for the rest of the week? Well, here's, here's my suggestion as a life coach, uh, um, Erica, what I think you should pursue uh, going forward in your life, and of course it's your choice, is to really spend some time writing a book <laughs> by your experience. I'm serious. And then pursue this as a professional because you, I mean, I, I have to tell you, you are an amazing person and, and, and the information obviously that you're sharing here with is not something that came out of nowhere. It's based on research and also something that you implement in your life and you use it and you see a different result from what you had experienced in the past. So, I mean, this is worthwhile for a lot of us. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm saying it on the air and I will talk to you about this off the air as well. But I really encourage you, you know, to to uh, um, to go that route because I mean, obviously, you have something very strong and passionate about, and I can tell that. Um, but you know, <laughs> I have to say it. You know, I'm like on the air, not on the air. Here it goes. But I think you you should. And and uh, and I have to say about about our dogs. I mean, you know, like I always say, it's like if it's not good for me, if I don't if if I don't feel it's good for me, it's not good for my dog either. And and I actually yeah. I started. Um, Taking our dog to uh, um, holistic vet, and uh, he's he is not a big fan at all of packaged food. Anything that comes in a bag, he's just like he's like no no no. He's like, would you eat that? I'm like, well, some of us do, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's convenient. But he's well, like, I think with dogs, yeah. what's that? I think with dogs, it's kind of like. I don't know if you learned this in elementary school, but whenever we were doing dinosaurs in elementary school science class, we looked at their teeth. And all the plant-eating dinosaurs had square teeth and the meat-eating dinosaurs had pointy teeth. So when I look in my dog's mouth, I see pointy teeth. So I think that a grain-free diet is also right for him, and that's why I feed him the the chicken from the organic farm that I mentioned. (laughs) So, like, what about, like, I mean, I know, like, we talk about, like, grain-free, but, like, you know, rice, like, brown rice, uh, quinoa, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, obviously, those are some alternatives 
to, you know, I mean, if we want to take a few steps to be grain-free, maybe we want to start, you know, that route. What do you think about that? Uh, well, to be honest, for me personally, I didn't take any of those steps, um, but a lot of people do choose to do that. They they choose to trade in their spaghetti for brown rice and then, you know, again, take that baby step and get rid of the brown rice and maybe they're having squash instead. I think squash is great. Oh, I um, love squash. And, and <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you do some research on, on some recipes, you can pretty much make noodles and stuff like that out of a lot of the vegetables that we don't Absolutely. think, you know. And make your own pasta, you know, Absolutely. but not out of yeah. grain, not of vegetables. Yep, we're kind of, I think we're uh, in this, in the area that I live in, we're kind of like near the end of, of spaghetti squash season. It seems that way anyhow. And uh, we've made numerous spaghetti squashes in my household and, um, you know, they go just like pasta. You know, after you after you bake it and cut it open, you scrape the insides out with a fork and, you know, if you need if you need your food to look like spaghetti, it looks like spaghetti. <laughs> you can you can definitely do that. That's a great idea. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's a, that's a wonderful idea. And of course, it is a squash season right now. You know, it's the the autumn you know um, upon us, and 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 all the goodness of uh, of the harvest. You know, food and and, and vegetables and stuff like that is is out and. Um, and I I remember one time, and it was actually a Puerto Rican um, dish that I learned to make spag- not um, lasagna using plantain. Oh really? I've, I've never, never tried that before. That. So the plantain, you slice it like you would slice like a, a the uh, um, the pasta itself, and you layer it. You know, obviously, I I think I'm trying to remember. Do we cook it? No, you don't cook it. You just like basically layer the uh, um, the plantain, and then you put your meat or whatever vegetables and stuff like that that you like. You create your own, you know, like you were making lasagna, but using plantain. And I am telling you, it is delicious. <laughs> That's not, that does sound really great. <laughs> oh, it's so good, but it's like a Puerto Rican dish, you know, but it's like really lasagna, you know. <laughs> but Absolutely. instead of pasta, which reminds me, I should probably try to make it because I, I've been like craving lasagna for a long time. And, uh, <laughs> there like, you go. Pasta, you know. But, you we know, don't know with eggplant, too. Eggplant oh, I places. love eggplant. That's the other thing. Eggplant is like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm part Middle Eastern, and we make a lot of uh, dishes. And I know tahini. You are opposed to tahini, but this is like something we use all the time, which is for people who don't know what tahini is, it's a, it's a, a um, sesame seed paste, basically. Uh-huh. But the seed itself, I mean, it's still a grain, right? Uh, the seed is a seed. Um, is it, so it's a seed, it's not if, a grain, but seed, I, yeah, that was a stupid thing to say. <laughs> no. <laughs> but why uh, if you ate the seed itself, that, uh, it would probably just pass right through you if you ate the whole seed itself. So you wouldn't really absorb any nutrients necessarily from the whole seed. But the ground um, and the paste, you would absorb nutrients from that. But, I mean, you, you did not really uh, uh, favor it. You know, when I talked about that, because you said something, what, why don't you like tahini? Well, I mean, we cook with it every once in a while, but um, in nature, if you came across some sesame seeds, you'd probably be fairly unlikely to eat a large quantity of them at one time. Um, and, and that might be better for your body, and it might be meant to be that way, that you only are able to eat small amounts of seeds at a time. They're kind of tough to get through usually, and uh, I don't know, seeds are built for survival, so they have that coat on the outside that makes them hard to digest, and 
it really it's it's their plan. It's a seed's plan to make it to the ground and reproduce. Um, so maybe we should just oftentimes let seeds be, have them every once in a while, um, but maybe just let them be because they have that coat on them and they just want to reproduce. Right. I mean, I, I most of the time, like when I use seed, like for instance, chia seed, I grind it. I don't uh, um, consume it like that. Like when I put it in my um, smoothie, which takes us to smoothie. Do you do smoothies at all? Yeah, I do some okay. smoothies. <laughs> and and obviously, you know, the milk choice, you know, uh, dairy versus like coconut milk or, I mean, I know I used to use almond milk and you said, nah, you know, so I, I stopped using almond milk. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, no almond milk. But it's coconut milk. I mean, it's still kind of processed to get it to be coconut milk. It is, um, and that's kind of where all prepackaged foods are sitting. Is prepackaged foods are all processed. So, I mean, while I'll enjoy some some coconut milk in moderation, and I'll actually enjoy some fermented dairy in moderation, um, only full fat, and of course, only from pastured cows. Um, it's still not something. Even though I'm on a high-fat diet, it's not something that's a staple of, of my high-fat diet. It's just a part of it. Okay. All right. So we have a few minutes, uh, Erica. I'd like you to kind of like give us a few um, suggestions, you know, that you, for somebody who's listening to you right now and they really want to make a, a change in their life and their diets and stuff like that, what are some of these steps that you think, you know, or you suggest people could start doing today? Well, as I said earlier, one really important thing to do is start to read labels, not just the front, the back, and check out, um, look less at the fat content. Um, because I didn't mention it earlier, but daily I eat about 85% of my calories from fat. Um, I feel from research that the low-fat diet is what's, what's causing us a lot of pro- problems. So look at the label on the back. Don't worry so much about the fat content, worry more about the carb-to-fiber ratio and make sure um, it's a close ratio. You want to have your your carbs low and your fiber high. Um, And maybe another good piece of information that I mentioned earlier, try taking one of your days uh, to do make-ahead meals. Um, And and once you start doing it, you get a little bit more creative. At first, you might feel a little restricted because you're like, oh, my, what all can I do with meats and veggies? But really... If you start um, doing some research, look at cookbooks, look online, you you end up being more creative in right. the end the more right. research you do. Um, the other thing is another point that I thought was uh, important to make was uh, our bodies, I was talking about carbs a little bit ago, um, I feel like there is a difference between what our body sees as a primary energy source and a preferred energy source. Um, I think that our bodies see sugar and carbohydrates as primary because they're so easy for our body to access. It's really easy for our bodies to burn sugar, very easy. But if you can look uh, from the perspective of what your body is storing, your body is not storing sugar, it's storing fat. Um, And to me, in my opinion, that means that fat is really the preferred energy source of our body. Um, so with sugar being primary because it's easy and fat being preferred because our bodies obviously want to store it, I really believe that if you give your body sugar, it'll go ahead and burn sugar. But if you give your body fat, it'll burn the fat. And to me, that's what most people are looking for is, well, how do I burn this fat? 
Give it right, fat. there's a stored fat. So, like, if you're overweight and, 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 and people who think you're, like, you know, uh, someone who's overweight and they say, well, if I consume more fat and they already have fat stored in their body, say, how the hell am I going to be um, losing weight? Yeah. <laughs> it so is a little uh, counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, a lot of great information, my friends, and I really do appreciate you being on the show and sharing your experience and sharing your your knowledge of the topic, because like I said, Erica is approving, uh, living proof of, of, of what she's talking about because she implements these, these uh, um, things in her life and uh, she is healthy now and she is at a, at a great uh, healthy weight and looking fabulous, my goodness. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much. And, and if, you, if you go back to the show page, you'll see her picture before and after and, and you know what I'm talking about. And uh, Erica... <laughs> My friend, um, pardon me, thank you. Thank you so much for being my guest, and I I, I would love to uh, um, pick your brain again, you know. <laughs> and, and oh, my gosh, I really you. appreciate you having me on because I love helping people, and I hope that this helps. I know you, you do. Know, I mean, help you one person. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I really mean it. I, I think you really should consider uh, going professional with this um, as, as, as uh, um, someone who does that for a living. Because uh, you know it's it's the information that you um you know obviously the more you learn and and that's something that I I share with everybody I think the more we know the more alive we are and the better off we are because it's like you know and I I for me I always say it's like I learn something new every day and you taught me a lot and today actually I I learned something new from you as well and I do thank you for that and oh, but good. we should always be hungry for that information and absolutely. Um, yeah, so uh, thanks, my friend. Have a great day, and thanks for making the time to be on the air with me. <laughs> thanks for having me, Ria. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks so much, everybody. You are amazing. Remember, it's really all it takes, one step at a time, to make the change in your life. But you need to want to make that change. And so think about it. Are you happy? Are you happy where you are right now? And if you're not, why not? right? And always question things. Don't just accept things just for whatever they are. Because, you know, the more you ask questions, the more you're going to find out the uh, more answers, which going to give you more choices. And that's what it's all about. Knowing that you have a plenty of choices out there to live a fantastic life. So don't cut yourself short. Live your life to its best. And I encourage you, please, you know, get in touch with me. And I'd love to uh, offer you um, um, my free consultation if you send me an email to info at coachingbyria.com. And with all that being said, stay amazing. You are amazing. Much love to you all. Thank you. Are you ready to put an end to thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to coachingbyria.com. And you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea. 